Welcome to 180 Degrees here on Radio Cape Pulpit. Ah, oh, such a lovely week, weekend rather. You know, today's such an important day, Human Rights Day. A very big discussion coming up later on in the show, but I'm not alone in studio. Sitting opposite me, the ever gracious, the ever gorgeous, oh. Zoe George. Oh my goodness, this intro, I'm like blushing. It's, <laughs> it's so lovely. You're a fantastic co-host. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. We're missing Inga, actually, Inga yeah. Stoffel. So big shout out to Inga Stoffel. She'll be joining us via Zoom a bit later on to give you some of your happy health tips. But right about now, I think it's time we go back to some more music. If you don't know what's going on on the show today, we have What's Down in Cape Town coming straight after that. And then we have the groovy movie. And then we're going to be speaking to Lauren Jacobs, as well as the Bible quiz and the happy health tips. And then we give you a forecast of what happened on the show and what to expect for the rest of the evening. So stay tuned to 7 to 9 a.m. Radio Cape Pulpit, a.k.a. Radio Cops the Council, as Zoe likes to say. Just say it for us. I, I, I love the way Zoe oh says gosh. it. Just say it for us again. Apparently, I said cops to cancel, which I, I didn't even realize I said it if like Inga that. If Inga was here, Inga would have <laughs> defended me. Mm, she would have. But she may defend you a little bit later, the happy health tip, when she, she joins She probably Zoom. will. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. What's down in Cape Town? Cape Town. What's down in Cape Town? Now, you know this is our favorite segment of the show where we get into some of the hidden gems in and around Cape Town. Whether you've just flown in or touched down, whether you've just drove down, or whether you just want to see the seaside, here's some of the best places for you to visit while in Cape Town. Now, from street street food joints to Michelin standard establishments, there's a bunch of new spots to try out. Now, the newest addition to Scott Curtin's restaurant Empire is not just another La Comble experience. Pierre promises culinary adventures and theoretics as expected. But with John Norris's Rose in charge, the focus is clearly on the best flavors coaxed from the best local produce. I think, Zoe, it's really interesting to see that a lot of restaurants taking the local approach now. Mm-hmm. I'm really loving this whole local vibe and local mm. feel that a lot of people are giving, but also they are on offer to sit from 9 or 11 dishes running. Mm. The garland of the La Combre, group skills with alarm and a very first snack to the patent four offers on the bill. A dining experience of this stellar quantity in the waterfront is long overdue. Now they opened very recently actually, they opened on in December 2021, which is literally like what, three months ago if you look at it back then. Wow. But they are also open Monday to Sunday from 12pm to 12.3am. 3 p.m. rather, and then they're also open from 6 p.m. until late. So it looks like they do take a bit of a, bit of a three-hour break in mm. between there. But if you do want more information, you can get a hold of them on 021-879-6328. I repeat, 021-879-628. Where to find them? You can definitely go and find them at the Pierhead Building at the V&A Waterfront. Now, let's move over to Haubo now. I really want to visit this restaurant. When mm. I read up about this, I was like, mm-hmm, sign me up. Where do I take out my credit card and pay for this? Now, the passion project of former test kitchen chefs Matt van der Berg and Carla Schultz, this dinky bar at the old biscuit mill in Woodstock serves flavor-popping buns, such as crayfish malay, brisket, your kimchi, ooh. ooh, fried chicken, beef my short rib. I mean, come on please. now. This is this is just making me want to go there, like, right now. Same. I mean, this is some of the best sellers. And not only that, they cater for vegans as well. Now, if you think you want to go there, it is a house converted into a shipping con. It's a house shipping container, actually. The 25-seated entry does offer a few other dishes in addition to the bows, which are priced at around 75 to 85 and that is very affordable.
Yeah. For a restaurant that offers that type of level of food, that is very affordable. If you want to get a hold of them, you can contact them on howbonowbo at gmail.com. Or if you want to go and visit them, you can go and find them at 375 Old Biscuit Mill in Woodstock. Now, I think the last one is for all my students out there, all the young ones. This place is called Blondie. Did you know there's actually a group called Blondie? Yeah, they sang that song, Zombie. And they sang the song Heart of Glass. Yes. I think Miley Cyrus covered so many of their songs. Oh, I mean, Blondie, iconic group, but also an iconic restaurant now. (laughs) Say some of the decor, some say the decor reminds them of a restaurant in Tel Aviv's Buzzy Caramel Market. Now the curvy ice blue bar, the whole square poster of the Shy Princess Die, and the odd leaf, leafy plant popped up against a tile white wall. Quirky on the minimalist side, this is Blondie, the hippest new hangout on Clue Street. Now, oozing laid-back vibes lure you closer, longing before you've even crossed the road. Parking is also available at the Lifestyle Center just opposite the road. The food here is such a marvel. It's, it's as marvelous as the place itself. The music gets loud and fun. I'm sure you've heard a remix of Blondie, a hit from back in the 80s, you know. What the love? Mm, yeah. yeah, but whether you're after the food, the cocktails, or the music, or the party, you'll definitely come what you came for. Also opening very recently, they opened in December of 2021. Now, if you want to know what the opening times are, they are open daily from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., a good 12-hour shift. And where to find them? You can find them on 71 Clue Street in Cape Town at the Gardens. Wow, I think it's like really important that we support all these businesses, not just because local is lacquer, but because we see that a lot of them have opened very, very recently. Yeah. And we know that during the lockdowns, unfortunately, we saw a lot of businesses close down. So I think now is the time for us to really get out there and support our local businesses. And especially when they're so good and delicious. Oh, I mean, come on, just talking about the food from earlier from boho now ah the ribs and oh Oh my goodness my mouth (laughs) it's just it's just making my mouth wood 180 degrees on i am youth movement so welcome back for that now it's time that we move over to a bit of a more interesting and deeper conversation now something that's been happening over the past two years and that has majorly increased is gender-based violence now today we're going to be speaking to lauren jacobs and she is a bible scholar a theology a theologian rather and an expositor now lauren is also deeply passionate about seeing women set free from false beliefs which have disempowered women from gener- for generations she started her career as a psychologist and trauma worker for abused women before becoming a freelance journalist specializing on justice issues relating to women. She's joining us on the line today telephonically. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Hi there, it's so nice to be with you this morning. I hope that you are having a great one. Thanks for having me on the show. It's an, it's no problem at all. Let's get this conversation started. Now, violence against women and girls is one of the world's most prevalent human right violations taking place every day, many and many times over in every corner of the globe. What is your understanding of gender-based violence? This is uh, such an important topic to talk about because we always say women's rights are human rights and we can't forget that. You know, gender-based violence, I do want to say that gender-based violence also does affect men. So we're not excluding that from the conversation. I know for today we're talking about women and children. But gender-based violence really is 
sure it's such a big, big thing to define, but really it's, you know, physical violence, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, abandonment and neglect is part of what we see in gender-based violence as well. And it's, it's huge. We also know financial abuse is there. Spiritual abuse can be happening. And all of these things, you know, make up what we call gender-based violence. And really these women and children of their rights and that's the right to, you know, a, a free life and a life of peace and a, and a life where you get to choose, you know, how you live and what you are pursuing. And it really takes that away from them. And, and as you rightly said, it's affecting women and girls throughout the entire world. And, you know, more specifically here in South Africa, it's a huge, huge pandemic, as we call it, our second pandemic. And, you know, it's really something we've got to keep on addressing and keep on thinking about Keep on working to change. Yeah. So a word that I picked up from you describing or giving us a definition was neglect. Now, what are some of the red flags or mannerisms that one should look out for, especially in the abuse that is coming from a partner? Mm, that's a good question. You know, that's also a big question to answer. Um, yes, people don't think about abandonment and neglect as, you know, abusive, as some kind of abuse, but it actually is. But so when we think about abuse, as we know, it's not just physical violence or, you know, uh, someone, your partner's throwing something at you or, you know, uh, hitting you or using physical assault or even hitting things that you love, like your animals or breaking things in front of you. It's also that emotional abuse, which is a very, very deep. And, you know, that's and verbal abuse, which is the words that are inflicted upon you. It's emotional abuse is the way that someone treats you, the words that they call you, you know, the literally mean in front of others or breaking you down in front of family members, breaking you down when you go out. You know, sometimes people think that's funny that a bribe with their friends and, you know, their partner says horrible things about them or makes these horrible jokes about them. Everybody laughs and it's kind of like, oh, we're just doing it for fun. That is actually emotional verbal abuse. It's crossing the line. And then abandonment and neglect, that very much happens with children. You know, when your parent is is not there for you at all and, you know, it can be a parent that consistently abandons you, they leave mm. you behind with family members, they don't come back, you know, all those kind of things. And they just give you no indication when they're coming back. And then when they come back, they just want to kind of pretend like nothing happened. And you're consistently in a state of fear because the person's leaving you. And that happens as adults as well. You know, when you have a partner that's unfaithful and then keeps on coming back, you know, and you keep on taking them back. And uh, you start feeling fearful, fear of abandonment. It's actually, that's crossing the line. That becomes emotional abuse as well. We have financial abuse where someone's controlling your finances. You don't have access to your finances takes your money from you or demands that you give them an account of every single penny or cent you, you spend. And then we have spiritual abuse where someone is dominating your spiritual life, manipulating you, forcing you to believe what they believe, do what they do, and um, it becomes quite harsh. Yeah. And so there's all these different things that we need to look at. And look at those things in someone else. Look at their mannerisms. Do they break you down? Do they belittle you? Do they, you know, manipulate you, gaslight you, as we often call it, and you know, those mannerisms, if you see them, they're red flags, and you need to really start to take them seriously. Yeah, red flags, racing flags, green flags, you know, there's all different types of flags, but you mentioned crossing a line. Seeing that today is Human Rights Day, what type of rights does gender-based violence infringe on? It definitely infringes on a number of, of rights, and obviously, you know, rights, as we call it, is different in every country because everyone's constitution 
you know, is is different. But here in South Africa, of course, you know, our constitution as well as the freedom charter that we have in South Africa, you know, really speaks to the fact that we as human beings, as as individuals that live in our country, we have the right to safety. That's the first thing that we have the right to. If we don't feel safe, you know, in our home, if we don't feel safe in our environment, then our right to be infringed on. That also comes with the right, you know, to be at peace, and particularly we have different rights for children as well. That's a very separate issue, and we have rights for adults as well. But again, gender-based violence really takes on the right to, you know, peace, to safety, to dignity. We have the right to, you know, get access to the things that we need. And sometimes, you know, abusers that are quite um, intense keep a spouseful partner away from basic rights, you know, basic things like even getting medical care. I've met women who can't get medical care because their partner keeps them from that, or you yeah. don't have access to your family or friends. You know, just basic things to break it down to people to realize that if any form of freedom or, you know, safety or right to basic things that people enjoy in this world, you know, seeing your friends, seeing your family, you know, access to your finances, if they're your finances, you know, these things are all infringing on rights that you actually have in this country. And again, it's, it's that's quite a deep question, and um, I encourage people to also really go and have a look at the Constitution if they are worried about that. But then also the Gender-Based Violence Act, you know, the Domestic Violence Act of, you know, our country is very, very intense and very, very... It's a, it's a great act that we have. It's just been amended in February to add more legislation. And so you can do a basic Google search and, and look for the South African Domestic Violence Act. You will find legally how you are protected and also what it defines these things as very, very in depth. And those things will give you an idea of legally what's happening in your life as well and why your human rights are being infringed on and how legally you can actually get protection against what is happening. And that's very important for people to know. Yeah, I think it's very important, like you did mention, that people do go back and make sure that they are educated on some of the rights mm. that they are eligible to and some of the things that they don't know that people are actually infringing on them or forcing on them. But I think we cannot have a conversation about gender-based violence without talking about inequality and economic exclusion. So how have these disparate disparities rather that women face daily contributed towards the high numbers of gender-based violence cases in South Africa? You know, that that is a very important question and economics plays a huge role in this. Why do a lot of women stay in relationships and marriages? You know, generalization, yeah, it's a a generalizing. But most of the time you will find that women stay in abusive marriages and relationships due to the fact that they do not have their own finances. Some of them aren't working and so very much, even though the world has changed and I want to say that even though the world has changed and we see more women in the workspace, we know we have more women in the workforce in managerial roles or leadership positions where they're earning more money. The, the reality still is that women are still often reliant on their husband or their boyfriend, their partner for money. And women are not just going to up and leave because she leaves with nothing. Yeah. And you're taking the children, if you have children out, is even harder because often abusers will pull those finances away from you. I've seen it time and time again where they will say, if you leave, you're getting nothing. You know, and I won't pay for my children's school fees anymore. I won't do this. So access to finances is a big deal. The fact that women are still in that situation where they're reliant upon 
a male, it could even be a father, uncle, someone someone like that that's also abusive. It's not just partners and spouses. You know, they don't have access to finances. And this becomes a huge problem. Inequality, of course. And I want to say, with inequality here, we also have mindset, culturally ingrained mindset of patriarchy that really, really stirs this whole thing of abuse up. Where we saw a patriarchal mindset about how the world works. The, the man is the head, the authoritarian and what he says goes, and the woman and the children in the household don't have a say. And that's a cultural belief. And, you know, that plays a huge role in how dynamics works, at how inequalities happen. Yeah. And that's a topic for, uh, uh, you know, for a huge conversation, a, a topic on its own. You know, we see it in the, in the church world, we see it in the business world, we see it with families. Uh, and some people get uncomfortable when you talk about patriarchy because it is uh, a system of inequality. You know, it stops women from having access to the rights of just being a full human being, access to finances, access to, you know, going out and being the person that is created to be. And this is a huge big deal we see. But I want to say that finances is the number one, specifically if you look at it, finances and access to finances is the number one reason why women do not leave abusive marriages or situations because they simply cannot afford to be out on their own. Yeah. And instead, they will choose to stay with their children you yeah. know, because otherwise, where do they end up? Yeah, I think it's a very, it's a very important, it's, I think it's very important that we're having this discussion now so that women and men even, or families that, you know, stereotype these types of situations, they know exactly, you know, why people do not leave these types mm. of relationships. But you did mention family dynamics. Now we do know that some people do stay in relationships, you know, because there is a child brought into the whole situation. But what are some of the negative effects on children when they are being exposed to violence and abuse? Mm, that's a very uh, question that's close to my heart because, you know, I was in that situation growing up as a child. And I can speak from my experience that, you know, the abuse that I witnessed, that I experienced myself was so traumatic for my small little heart at that stage. You know, children, we often, people say children are resilient. Um, and that is true. Children are resilient. But there's a line here. And I also want to add something that people don't talk about enough, is that there are children that see through their abusers and desire their mother, if their mother's been abused or their father, if he's been abused, but usually the mom, to get out of that marriage. We have stereotyped it and said, oh, all children don't want their parents to break up because they feel guilty about the divorce. That is not true for all children. Oftentimes, children see through their abusers and they want their parents not to be together anymore. And that is because the abuse becomes very intense. You will find that a child who is abused suffers from many things. Panic attacks is is number one. You know, uh, separation anxiety is number two. Generalized anxiety is number three. These things can all often move over into having a disorder. You know, where, where a child is consistently frightened, scared, doesn't do well at, at school, doesn't know how to interact with friends, is often confined to themselves, becomes quiet, you know, and, and is just trying to get out of the situation. That child will be fearful because they don't know what experience they're going to come home to. You know, is my yeah. father going to be in a good mood today or not? Is he going to shout at me or not? Is he going to throw something or not? There's an edge that you're always on. There's a knife point that you always stand on. So you're consistently anxious. You develop panic attacks. There's trauma that happens in your brain. We need to remember that our bodies 
keep trauma locked inside. So you will carry that trauma into your adult life. You know, you will need later on in years, you will need a lot of therapy and nothing's fair. You know, you'll also maybe develop problems in your relationships. I know for a lot of girls, adult girls, that tend to drift towards, you know, relationships of abuse, often had an abusive father. And that's what they grew up knowing. So, you know, later on in life, your, your decisions as an adult become very blurred because of what you experience as a child. And I cannot emphasize enough that children often do not want to, most of the time, do not want to be in that situation and will be able to see through their abuser. And then, will you get some children that fight back against the abuse and then they become even more abused because they're standing up and saying, Dad, yeah. what you're doing is not right. Or, you know, that was my situation. From a very young age, I could see my father's abuse was wrong. And I would say, what you're doing is wrong. But, I mean, I was a child. I shouldn't have been saying what you're doing is wrong. The other adults around me should have been saying it, you know. And so the abuse goes worse for you because you're willing to say this is abuse, even from a young age. And then, then it just gets worse and worse. So I really encourage anyone that's really listening today who's staying for the sake of their children to really look at it and say, Am I staying for the sake of my children? Do my children want me to stay? You know, um, we need to think about that as well. Not stereotype and say, all children don't want their parents to get separated or divorced if there's abuse. Often children do. And so we need to take that into consideration. Don't stay for the children. They're going to end up as adults with worse problems. Yeah, I think something that's very important and something that you did mention is how these relationships affect a lot of the children in their oldest stages of life, especially when it comes to more Mm. of romantic relationships or even business relationships. And I think something that's very important is that we've seen the media or the movie industry rather highlight so many movies on, you know, people that are being abused at a younger age and how their lives Mm. turned out. But I think we as society, we need to kind of know how to deal with children and how to deal with their trauma. So do you have any advice on, or for society, rather, so how we can deal with any of the children? Mm. You know, I think as well, um, for teachers in schools, teachers need to wake up in schools as well. There are a lot of great teachers out there, but, you know, teachers can recognize things in the children that they teach. And maybe, I know that, you know, I want to say domestic violence has always been seen very much as a domestic matter, a family matter, whereby you know, institutions like the church or like schools or like, you know, businesses don't want to get involved in in it, you know. It's seen as very much a closed family situation, I think. But as a society, I could say on different levels of society, our teachers in our schools, you know, must be aware of abuse, what it looks like and how to help children, you know, maybe how to recognize which children might be experiencing those things. And then also I want to say one level of our society is the church and is our faith communities. And our faith communities, I really want to encourage them as well. This is not a domestic matter. Abuse is not a domestic matter. It is a societal issue. It is a community matter. And you know, very long ago, hundreds of years ago, these things were seen as community matters, not just domestic matters. So the church needs to get trained and needs to get people in in there, in the church building as well, possibly, and I always say from, you know, organizations that know what they're doing, to come in and, and to talk about abuse. They're 50%, statistically, you know, 50 to 60% of perpetrators of abuse are sitting in church pews right now as we, as mm. we are speaking. So in other words, we need to look at it and say there are perpetrators in these pews. So how, and, and that means that there are victims in these pews. So we need to stop talking about it in our churches. We need to 
get trained up. We need to have a system in place where we can help those who are being abused. This is our responsibility. Connect with shelters. Connect with safe houses. Know where these women can go. Know how to help them. Have a fund even. You know, do something like that. That's another level of society. And society and also then recognizing there are children here that are being abused. How can we help that? You know, as society, I think we need to start paying more attention and also trying to assist where the victim has been moved. I'll always say this, and this is key, if you take away anything from this interview today for those who are listening, take away this. Someone who's been abused will not leave probably for many years, but there will be a light bulb moment at one point in her life. And she could be abused for five years, and suddenly one day in May, she wakes up and thinks, I can't do this anymore. That is when normally she picks up the phone, phones a family member, phones a safe house, phones somebody in society and says, I'm being abused, I can't yeah. anymore. You have a golden opportunity to help in that moment. A victim of abuse will not often reach out, but when they do, it is then that we have to, all of us in society, in, in our communities, be, you know, standing strong and saying, okay, she wants to get out, let's go get her now. Let's help her now. You know, we don't tell her, go back and try and sort things out or, you know, just submit or bear your cross. No, we need to go in and say, let's get her and her children out now. As a society, let's get both up to that point where we are recognizing what abuse really is and helping, you know, our women and our children to be able to get out of those relationships when they are ready sometimes to get out. You know, I keep speaking truth to them and keep saying, you know, you're worth more. Because that's what abusers do, they break down their families, you know, keep inspiring, keep saying, you're worth more, you know, you must look at this and see that you're worth more than what you are experiencing in life. And also, like I said, to faith communities, get built up and speak about abuse from the pews. Speak about it because that is where we need to be speaking about abuse. 80% of South Africans say they are Christians. So many of them are in our churches. And so obviously we need to speak to this reality and speak up because this is like you've been saying the whole time, yeah. a, a denial of basic human rights, and that's not in God's will for anybody. Yeah, I think as we wrap up this conversation, something that really stood out to me was the statistic. It was 30 to 60% of people, or men rather, who are abusing people are sitting in churches. But it is also reported that some cases of gender-based violence are neglected by authorities. Now, what are other forms of assistance is available for victims seeking refuge? Hmm. We need to also know where our safe houses are. There are some wonderful safe houses, particularly in Cape Town, and uh, they are very, very accessible to the general public, and they have very nice safe houses, you know, they're in different areas, and many times people think of safe houses. It's not such a nice place in maybe a bad area, and I don't want to go there, but there are some wonderful safe houses, so that is available. There are also organizations who just assist. We have... Like I know in some Midwest there's an amazing organization called Patch, and they work with just children who are abused, anything from sexual violence through to physical violence. So they are a wonderful organization. If you think that your child has been abused, you know, you can always contact them. Maybe you don't know. Maybe there's abuse happening at the school. Somewhere else, contact them. They are an amazing organization. Like I said, there's a number of safe houses. You can just Google safe houses in Cape Town. There's one actually in Durbanville, quite close to Cape Pulpit, called um, Haste Jabez, and they are a wonderful safe house. And also we need to look at organizations like POWER, P-O-W-A, that are speaking up against gender-based violence. They have many counselors in their system that can really help. Counseling is very important. Maybe you're not someone who wants to access 
you know, a, a non-profit organization who's doing counseling, so maybe you want to go yeah. to a therapist, I would say choose a therapist that's going to help you on your journey. That's also, you know, very important. Maybe if you're experiencing abuse or maybe you just don't know if you're experiencing abuse, please go to maybe a therapist or there's something like the Community Intervention Center out in Wilmington that helps people for free. You know, trauma counseling that says, you know, Tom, we, we'll chat with you, we'll see where you're at. So there are many different organizations that are out there helping, you know, from therapy to children's therapy, safe houses if you need to get out. Don't stop access those realities that are out there. There are many people who are able to help and walk with anybody who has been abused today through their journey. And I also know there are good churches as well that are doing good work. So please don't go that alone. You know, get access to those support systems and yeah, they are there and they are they are wanting to help those who are suffering. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren, for joining us here on 180 Degrees. You know, highlighting a very deep and important topic that needs to be spoken about that the media is shining away from. And here on 180 Degrees, you know, this week we decided to take more of a realistic approach and talk about something more down-to-earth because over the past few weeks, you know, we've been seeing a lot of things flare up in the community. I think something Mm -hmm. that a lot of people notice as well is depression is also becoming now one of the biggest main topics that's being spoken about. About, you know, in the media. And I think we also kind of shying away from the real issues behind gender based violence. So once again, thank you so much. If you've just tuned in, it is Lauren Jacobs joining us here on 180 degrees every Monday to Friday between no, every Monday, rather Mondays from 7, 7 p.m. rather to 8 8 p.m. Yeah. So thank you so much, Lauren, for joining us here on 180 degrees where we spoke about gender based violence. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a great conversation. Thank you for, you know, dealing with this topic in the way that you have today. So thank you so much. No problem. Coming up next is some more music. Stay tuned to Radio K Pulpit. 180 degrees on Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. We are currently in the Bible quiz section of the show. One of the only times you'll be required to do any sort of testing outside of school hours. So we have a question lined up here for you guys that I think is very relevant. It's, it's a lovely question. It basically is, what is the greatest commandment of them all? So if you don't know, we have at least 10 very important commandments, about like 300 other commandments yeah. that no one really remembers. But those 10, iconic. However... In the New Testament, the disciples asked Jesus literally very specifically. Okay, well, you know we have all these commandments. Yeah. But which one is the most important one? Like, we get it. We don't need to kill. We don't need to steal anything. Yeah. But what's the most important Give commandment? Give us what we need. Exactly. Give us what we need. Give us a summary. Give <laughs> us the Sparks notes. Give, it, yeah, give, us a, give us a bit of a, a tagline there. But if you think you know what the answer is, don't forget to send us a WhatsApp. Our WhatsApp lines are 081-729-1657. Zoe, just read it again, just in case our listeners missed it. What is the greatest commandment? Of them all. Oh, interesting. Well, I think it's time we go back to some more music. But when we come back, we have Inga Stoffels joining us on Zoom to give you your happy health tips for this week. Once again, our WhatsApp lines are 081-729-1657. 180 degrees on I Am Youth Movement. Follow us on Facebook today. I Am Radio. Health tips. How to be happy in your health. 
It's not just about being healthy, it's about being happy. Should be quite interesting. Chocolates are the true source of happiness. Welcome to the happy health tip section of the show. So today we are going to be speaking about what you can do to maintain your health. Number one, eat healthily. Simple as that. What you eat is closely linked to your health. A balanced nutrition has many benefits. By making healthier food choices, you can prevent or treat some conditions. Number two, get regular exercise. Exercise can help prevent heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and colon cancer. It can also help treat depression, osteoporosis, and high blood pressure. People who exercise also get injured less often, and routine exercises can make you feel better and keep your weight under control. Number three, protect your skin. Sun exposure is linked to skin cancer, and this is the most common type of cancer in the United States. This is why it's best to limit your time spent in the sun and be sure to wear protective clothing and hats when you are outside. Use use sunscreen year-round on exposed skin like your face and your hands. That is a point that I actually need Mm. to start doing. I don't think only you. I think all of us need to start doing that. (laughs) Especially with the weather we are having. Yes. Yes. It's also important to note that I think there's a gigantic Gigantic hole in the ozone layer over South Africa. <laughs> so, over Cape Town specifically. Yes, so we need that sunscreen, y'all, and a, maybe an umbrella or something. Protect yourselves. Number four, limit how much alcohol you drink. Men should have no more than two drinks a day, and women should have no more than one drink a day. One drink is equal to 12 ounces of beer, five ounces of wine, or 1.5 ounces of liquor. Too much alcohol can damage your liver. And the final point, number five, speak up. If you notice anything off or anything different about your body, if you are feeling any pain, it is not normal. Speak to your doctor. Mm. And those are five tips on how to maintain and what you can do to maintain your health. Some interesting ways to maintain your health. I think the most interesting one I heard was, the, or something Inga said was, it is not normal to feel pain. Yeah. Go to your doctor. That is very true. That is very true. I mean, look at my aunt recently. She was having pain just under her ribs, right? Mm-hmm. And she didn't know that she had lymphosis, lymphosis or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. not sure why. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But she had that and she had to go for an emergency operation to cut it out. I think she had like four or five just mm-hmm. under her ribs on her right side. And she was feeling pain, but she just thought, ah, oh, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like normal pains from exhaustion yes. or work. Yes. And now, you know, it just shows that she went to the doctor. She took the risk and went to the doctor and then found out that, you know, there's something seriously wrong with her. Mm-hmm. They told him she had to come like two weeks later. She would have most probably been dead because those things turn cancerous so it's it's very interesting that that is there so speak up if you think you feel weird or you don't feel okay or you know you think something is wrong please do not hesitate to go to your doctor but that was inga stoffels joining us via zoom to give us this week's happy health tips well if you still want to get a hold of us you can still do so we are available on whatsapp at 081-729-1657 
So we are at the bottom of the hour right now. We're about to say goodbye, and it's been a fun show. But before I get into the sentimental aspects of this, <laughs> let me give you guys the answer to this week's Bible quiz that we yeah. asked you just a few minutes ago. So we asked you guys, what is the greatest commandment? Of all. Now, this commandment came straight from the horse's mouth, Jesus himself, and I'm just going to give you guys the answer. Not you're calling Jesus a horse. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a phrase, you know, it's something people say. He's the original, the OG. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, I get it, totally. I catch I catch the drift, Zoe, don't worry, I catch the drift there. But what is the answer? What I, it, It's one of the most important commandments, right? Yes, the greatest of them all. It, the answer is found in Matthew 2, 22. Verses 36 to 40. He actually mentions the two and most important commandments, and they really get into each other quite well. It is to love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That is the most important one. If you wanted bonus points, because they are literally right next to each other, you could have mentioned the second one, which is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Oh. So basically, it's to love people. I love you, Zoe. Oh, I love you too, Dalton. But then you can see how we're patting each other on the shoulders <laughs> now here in the studio. But it's been an amazing show. What happened on the show, Zoe, in case people just tuned in? Yeah, it was a fun show. We um, started off with some fun, fantastic food-related What's Down in Cape Towns, so we had a monster-inspired, groovy movie, an interview I don't think anyone would want to miss. And we asked you guys this Bible quiz that I just gave the answer to, a happy health tip on how to protect yourself in many ways, advising you to see your doctor if something's wrong. Go see your doctor. Inga mm-hmm. said go see your doctor. Exactly. And Inga never lies. Yeah. And then now here we are at the bottom of the hour. If you guys would like to listen to the show back or you'd like to send it to anyone, you can just check it out on our podcast, which will be available by Wednesday on our website, www. Well, it's been an amazing show, but coming up for the rest of the evening at exactly 8 p.m., Brad is here with the top five and listener's choice. And then we have the devotions at 9 p.m. We have Woman of Hope at exactly 9.30 p.m. At 10, we have Fambili. And then at 10.30, we have Double Devotion. And then from 11, taking you all the way to Get Up and Go Breakfast, we have some more music playing throughout the rest of the evening. Well, it's been an amazing show for myself, Dalton. And me, Zoe George. This is 180 Degrees. Signing, Signing out. out.